It's Ruth Payton with Roblin Public Radio. This is RPPR episode 176, running and playing online games. And with me, not as always, but uh, for these episodes, uh, we have Burke and Kyle from Best Play, Best Pal Brigade. <laughs> One day. Uh, Howdy, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I'm better than Aaron in that regard. So, you know. We'll, yeah. Objectively, yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this episode, we're, we're uh, for... Well, reasons that are pretty obvious if you've been, you know, existing on this planet in the last month and a half. Uh, we are going to be talking about running and playing RPGs, tabletop RPGs in an online uh, format. And, uh, you know, we've been doing that for years now at RPPR uh, for our, you know, Patreon, Discord, and for various uh, one-shot games. Uh, but... Uh, you know, Burke and Kyle have both been doing that and learning, trying different formats. There's many different ways to do it. So uh, we'll we'll dive into that and sort of instead of focusing on particular technologies, although we'll mention them, of course, uh, we'll focus on sort of like the etiquette and like how it's different than running a tabletop game and uh, how to avoid everyone talking at once and then nobody talking, which is a thing you have to get used to for online voice chat. Uh Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that kind of thing. So, um, but of course, before we get into that, we do have a bit of news. Um, and that is, I have, uh, well, Burke and I have launched a, a new podcast, Night Clerk Radio, which, uh, I've talked about at least a few times on here. Uh, but it is a vaporwave and dark ambient slash haunted music review podcast. Uh, Burke, do you want to mention it, describe it a little bit? Yeah, sure. So first of all, I think this is the first time we're talking about it where it's now really, really out. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. It's no longer coming soon. Yeah, so Nightclerk Radio is just our attempt to have conversations about various internet niche genres of music and sort of the theory and ideas behind them, why why they came to be and why they sort of persist through our, our consciousness sort of and, and remain popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, every episode we, we either discuss sort of one theory topic or review and discuss two albums around a theme or a genre mm-hmm. and just try to dig into like why it matters to us and people. At- yeah. Uh, yeah. We've had a lot of fun uh, recording the episode. Learning to talk about music has been an interesting challenge because uh, the writing, there's a famous quote, writing about music is like dancing about architecture and certainly mm-hmm. podcasting about it is pretty, pretty fucking adjacent to writing about it. Uh, it turns out, uh, especially when it's weird instrumental music with very few, if any lyrics, uh, and ambient music, which is, you know, richly layered soundscapes. And how many times can you say variations of that? Uh, and yeah, it's sort of interesting to realize that, like, while you really enjoy something, you maybe don't have a critical language about it yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see what it's like in a year or five. Yeah. Uh, so go to nightclerkradio.com. Uh, it's to visit our website and see the episodes we have up. Uh, as of this recording, we have three episodes online, and uh, but we also will uh, – it's on Apple Podcasts, any podcast directory. If it's not on one, let me know, and I'll be sure to fix that uh, oversight. And so subscribe, listen, subscribe, tell your friends about it. And, uh, of course, we have a lot more planned for it. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I, if you want to know about Vaporwave, if you need music rec- recommendations – uh, now's your time to learn, dive into that, that sweet, sweet abandoned mall that's in the sky and also in Japan. 
Um, so <laughs> uh, it's real, real good, y'all. As someone who has like not a lot of time to listen to podcasts, I'm super excited to listen to the. I think it's the third episode, the dark ambient one, like cryo chamber stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm I got it queued up for after this. I'm super. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, we uh, we have made this podcast uh, shorter than our other ones. We're trying to go for a 30, 40 minute episode. Uh, we're also mirroring them on YouTube. Uh, we'll have links in the uh, show notes for this episode. Uh, if you would rather listen to it on YouTube uh, rather than through a podcast app. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's certainly an easier, uh, less amount of time to digest than uh, our regular episodes here at RPPR. And, uh, yeah, uh, of course that's because the idea is you listen to the podcast and you listen to the music, uh, afterwards. So, uh, yeah, listen to the vapor wave, vapor wave. <laughs> <laughs> R-P-P-R-A-S-M-R. Yeah, there we go. Uh, that, that'll be our new, uh, Patreon, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Patreon funding goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we'll just be roll just, Ooh, I'm rolling dice. Yeah. How's that? Is that, is that oh. Yeah, there's, that, a, there's a there's a mini in your ear. Let me just get that real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're here to help you all, and if that if that's what it takes, I, I, that's a sacrifice I'm happy to make. But um, if not, then you know we won't. But anyways, we should probably focus on the topic at hand. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been not quite a month for a lot of people, maybe a little more depending on your situation, month and a half uh, of living in quarantine under a lockdown, stay, stay in place, shelter at home, whatever you want to call it, social distancing, whatever you want to call this uh, because of the coronavirus, uh global pandemic. And uh, it's not going to abate anytime soon. Uh, so a lot of people have turned to the internet uh, to run online games, uh, tabletop games, because those are really fun and a way to be social, especially now. Uh, so we've been doing them on RPPR for years now, uh, but uh, so we've kind of figured out a few things about playing and running them. Uh, and but there's a lot of different ways to do it, and uh, I, I know Kyle, you've been you've been diving into this a lot more because yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there is a necessity for for us doing it because uh, all of our like on twitch.tv slash best power brigade. Ooh, that's a plug. Um, all of our games we play in the flesh first and that ain't happening no more. So we had kind of have to figure it out real quick. We've been doing a lot of tests. So I have some insights. Yeah. Um, and Burke, you've been uh, playing in a lot of games. Uh, you have a Star Trek campaign, I believe, and f- using Fate Core uh, as That's a system. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we've all had some experience doing this. Um, so we should mention, I guess, we could start with some of the ways of doing it. Um, now, uh, so I'll just go and describe the way I us- usually run games online, and that is through Discord, which is what we're recording this particular episode in. Uh, Discord, if you're not aware, is a chat room messaging platform. Uh, it's free, and uh, you can set up a, what they call a server. Uh, servers have voice channels where multiple multiple people can join. You can also do group voice calls uh, through it. Uh, they also have video calls now, um, and yeah, they're, for, Craigbot has a lot of additional functionality because they have these uh, p- uh, uh, extensions, add-ons called bots that people have made. So there's dice rolling bots. Uh, we're using Craigbot, which records voice channels. So if you want to record it for your own podcast or just for your own, 
you know, uh, posterity, uh, you can record, uh, voice chat and there's tons of, and there's obviously tons and tons of tabletop RPG, uh, focused servers that are publicly available that you can join. Uh, there's one for eclipse phase. Uh, there's a, a discord is integrated with Patreon so that for example, there's the RPPR Patreon. I'm sure best pal brigade has their own discord server. Yeah. Um, and yeah, running a server is free. Uh, although there are paid extra th- enhancements you can get for it, uh, which is Discord does it in a weird way. But uh, Nitro is so fucking inscrutable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> server boosts. Uh, you get two for free if you pay a hundred dollars, or you can get them for fifteen dollars a month each, and you need two to upgrade your server to level two. And then, uh, yeah, it's uh, but it you don't. It feels like the natural extension of like like collectible card games and like loot boxes, and that it's like <laughs> you just have to keep throwing money at it until it gets to what you want it. Yeah. Um, now, Discord is free. It is it oriented towards gamers, so there are some annoying little gamerisms in it. Uh, especially when someone joins a server, uh, mm-hmm. those stupid little text messages. But um, yeah, so for me, uh, with Discord, with the Craigbot and the Dice Rolling Bot features, that's all basically I've needed to run games online. Uh, I tend to use just voice chat. One, I guess sort of, sort of the first thing is if you're running a game, um, figure out the internet and uh, recording setup for everybody first. Uh, because with Discord, one thing I found out was, uh, or well, well, one thing I found out early on back in the Google Hangout days, Google Hangouts doesn't really work anymore because it's no longer integrated with YouTube, um, is there's a bandwidth issue. And so um, well, I found out video, adding video webcams of people uh, made it longer calls would get buggier and uh, as time went on in general, regardless of platform. So um, if you can do a game without seeing the people uh, or if you, you know, uh, if you want to do one long session and let's uh, so um, like I would do a discord call that would last three hours for a game and uh, that would be pure voice and that and every and that. But if I would add webcam to that, that would, like reduce the the bandwidth available and it would get buggier as time went on and people would drop out and or their voices would glitch out so you have to be uh, aware of that so i guess that's sort of the first concern so um so that's discord um what other platforms have uh, uh you all used um uh, recently or historically uh, uh both i guess i mean recently is probably more relevant but like uh um, totally yeah uh, but yeah, what, what platforms have you used recently? Uh, all of my gaming for the past few years has been pretty much what you described, which is discord plus, um, roll 20 people want any sort of maps or management. Mm-hmm. Um, but even roll 20 feels unnecessary a lot of times. Um, mm-hmm. so like we'll use it for star Trek, but, um, really just because it has, um, fillable characters that can roll dice for you and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't use any of the mini or any of the other features. Um, it could be an early Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of interesting because I was thinking we're like in a kind of a golden age of being able to do this online. Because uh, I've gone back to like playing an AOL chat stuff in the night. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, which is, yeah. Yeah, AOL. Yeah, yeah. No, certainly the technology I remember. Yeah, even like five years ago, like this kind of the ease of use has uh, improved exponentially um mm-hmm. and has become a lot more accessible to people um so 
Yeah, roll twenty, um, Kyle. Uh, what uh, I assume you've used this as well. <clears throat> yeah, um, roll twenty. If you know, like, gun to my head, I think it's the most like. Oh, I hope I'm using this word right. Ubiquitous, like it's the most like well recognized, and like everybody is sort of at least adjacently familiar with it. So it's it's quick to get people into it. It has built in audio and video calls. The quality isn't great for either of them, but much like Burke, uh, what they were saying was um, like, it's very useful for like, if we were testing like a blades in the dark game, it has blades in the dark, specific character sheets and blades in the dark, specific robots that like know all of the rules of like the different types of roles that you have to make. Um, there's integration for a, a buttload of different systems. There's pre-made modules you can get Roll 20 to me is the easiest one to get people invested in uh, because there's almost zero buy-in and most people are probably already familiar with it. It might not be the best one in my opinion, but it's the easiest one. Um, yeah. For those listeners who aren't aware, uh, just to, just to be thorough, uh, roll 20 is a major, probably, yeah, the largest, um, virtual tabletop RPG app out there for running online games. Uh, it has a ton of features, uh, bells and whistles. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it does have integrated voice chat, right? But you can use it in conjunction with uh, Discord, right? Like, yeah. there, there's no like inter app functionality to my knowledge. It's all rolled neatly into one somewhat messy. Pack. Okay. Um, so yeah, it has yeah online yeah. There's different modules for different rule systems. Uh, I also, for example, I've played several sessions of Roll Twenty as uh, a player for a fifth ed D and D game of the, um, what is it? The salt marsh, uh, uh, secrets of salt marsh. I've uh, never played a pre-written D and D. Ghosts of, so I don't know. Ghosts of salt marsh. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a dungeon crawling adventure. I mean, it did things like, uh, showing how much of the dungeon was visible to me based on torchlight. Um, you know, rolling initiative, keeping track of damage, uh, monster visibility through on a on a grid map, uh, a lot of neat stuff. So yeah, some of the dynamic lighting features and things like that in Roll Twenty are so sharp, mm-hmm. like they're they're so so sharp. But some of the the high end stuff is when you get into the premium prices, where you have to actually have like Roll Twenty's Discord Nitro equipment. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there there is a free version of it. There's also a paid. That's how they make their money is through paid, you know, extra features. Uh, so yeah, Roll Twenty is very good. Uh, it's obviously more of a time investment than just like opening up a voice channel for everybody and just talking. You know, uh, that's sort of the <laughs> easiest way. Um, but that's uh, obviously there are other platforms. I know there's another one called Fantasy Grounds. Uh, which has been around a while, and there's a ton of modules for it, including Call of Cthulhu modules. Uh, I remember, I actually have, I think I've done some Fantasy Grounds. It, I remember it being buggier and slower, uh, but it was also for a D&D thing, and that died after a few sessions as well. <laughs> there's, fantasy uh, Fantasy yeah. Grounds, in my experience, is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the big problem that I have with fantasy grounds is like to my knowledge and sort of based on the research that we were doing was like, if you wanted to like make a campaign and like be the GM and design everything, you have to have a paid account. Uh, I'm not sure what the Mm. specific pricings are, but that was an immediate turnoff for me. Mm. And if that's not actually how it works, then their marketing like information 
needs to be rewritten, rewritten because the communication of that was super, not what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a ton of, I mean, those are the two, uh, and I, two biggest names in tabletop games, but again, you don't need a specific one. Um, obviously there's also now zoom zoom uh, zoom is the big thing now, uh, for people with webcams and certainly webcams, um, make it a lot easier to deal with certain problems in tabletop. So there's certain issues that come up in online games that don't come up in real games, like, uh, everybody talking over everybody and then everybody shutting up at the same time because you don't have those. Yeah. Delay. And also like verbal cues, like, uh, or visual cues, you, you know, like you can see someone wants to talk because they're like gesturing, like, Oh, let me say something or literally raising their hand. Uh, that that's harder to do when you're just voices in a void. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so those are some of the issues you have to deal with. So, um, what other issues tend to come up in the online games aside from the, um, everyone talking and then everyone shutting up sort of, uh, issue Uh, in your experience. Mic etiquette is pretty much the first and biggest thing that comes Mm -hmm. up, especially Mm -hmm. that are recorded. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of problems, especially so. A lot of the people I play with are some way involved in podcasts, so they're they're pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's been pretty shocking playing with friends who are normally uh, offline friends, and then having to be on mic with them all the time, and just like <laughs> like like breathing and eating, and like having separate conversations with people off knowing when to use push to talk and when not to like yeah, i've had to i've had to mute people in calls specifically because like their their smoke detectors chirping every five seconds or there's a barking dog or they're doing exactly what you're describing right now it's very yeah. difficult especially for yeah yeah um yeah no the smoke detector is kind of a lot is well alarming but don't uh i i I, (laughs) i hope they're not you know their house isn't on fire it's like the dead battery chirp oh oh yeah someone who won't change the nine volt for two months jesus i would literally go insane if that was uh that way i couldn't do it yeah like after a day i would just like i'm i'm gonna do it it's very effective uh but yeah, mic etiquette. Um, so yeah, be aware that your mic makes noise uh, or can, will pick up noise, uh, even if you're not the one making it. So I mean, some of it's unavoidable. If there's a dog barking, you know, outside, you can't do anything about it. But yeah, when you're eating or drinking, uh, especially eating, uh, mute the mic or at least like uh, push the mic away if it's a uh, if it's not a headset. Um, Another thing, don't leave on music, or if there's someone is watching TV in the house, close the door to your room. (laughs) No one's fucking home right now, and I have shut the door to to the room I'm in. That's how paranoid I am. Yeah, no, it's like you never know if someone's going to come back in or if there's going to be a loud noise somewhere in the house. Um, And yeah, even if you're not recording a podcast, like be aware of that. It's just, yeah, good etiquette. I mean, some of it's unavoidable, but, uh, it, it's, um, yeah, something to be aware of. Uh, another thing is of course, um, internet connection issues. Everybody will have them. 
uh, no matter how how expensive, except maybe Burke, because you know Burke has the uh, Google Fiber or whatever it is. Yeah, <gasps> you lucky uh, ducky. Yeah, I have the AT and T fiber. Yeah. Okay, so it's AT and T fiber, but yeah, outside of uh, 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 Burke, maybe everyone is going to have internet connection issues, uh, especially if you're doing webcams because they use more bandwidth and more people. More bandwidth is being used in general because everybody's stuck at home. So, um, how do you handle like you don't? somebody said something but they their voice roboted out or just dropped entirely um do you use text messages in the chat room uh do you ask them to say again or uh what uh burke what do you usually do um yeah i mean uh somebody else is usually editing it so i just uh will point out that you know they got a lower body there mm-hmm. um because that can happen to me, even it maybe not even be a connection issue. You can just have tech issues with your mic. Mm-hmm. Um, you just politely point it out or type it. Okay. Um, so, like in the RPX uh, role playing exchange Discord, um, you'll see all the time because Adam is kind of the producer, and he'll just there's all these text messages of Craig notes of like so and so's breathing. Please stop breathing like loudly into your mic. Uh, I can hear you eating etc <laughs> so <laughs> just text notices that makes little uh mm-hmm. notes to himself to edit them out later if nice. you're just playing with friends you could just tell them yeah uh kyle do you do anything differently or is that pretty much um if we're doing it live which we've sort of had to do experiments on before um one of the big things like if you're actually putting on like a proper show for viewers and things like that is to utilize uh text because it can be distracting if you have to like stop the game and have a conversation like personally if you're friends with everybody and you're all mature adults like it's not going to be that bad but more often than not it's easier just to like ping them with like an at in discord uh, because i feel like that's all everyone's using right now and be like hey uh mute your mic and move it a little further away from your face please thank you and then that's usually enough uh yeah um that yeah so they it's basically yeah be aware of these technological issues that can happen um both from the microphone to the internet connection uh it's sort of you know a little different than being you know at the same table uh but i guess the biggest issue isn't even what platform you're using or what technical problems you're having it's how is running a game different how is playing a game different uh, when you're all, you know, either just voices or you can see each other in little, you know, little box on the screen. Um, like Burke for you, like what is what is the biggest difference for you in terms of uh, as a player uh, from being in a tabletop game to being in an online game? Yeah, I think um, there's sort of two big things, even with webcam. There's so many little nonverbal cues when you're just in a space with somebody that make it easier to interact in a lot of ways, either to yield, to stop talking and yield space to other people or to go along with them in certain ways. Um, so it's very different to games I've played when I've like visited Springfield. That's the only live games I play anymore. Oh, um, wow. You versus uh, playing online. That's, mm-hmm. that's sort of the big one. Um, the second one is not unique to online, but um, is probably exacerbated is just, focusing on the game mm-hmm. you know sort of on you know if you're playing at a table you can kind of just put your phone away and focus on the game. but when you're sitting at your computer you just have so much in front of you it's 
it can be weird to kind of stay focused. Some. Yeah. Um, I think it's reasonable to be, yeah. Like, I mean, everybody has a different expectation of how focused you should be on the game. Um, some people are more tolerant of that than others. Uh, it's, it's helpful. It's certainly sort of a table, you know, a social contract kind of issue of that. Everyone should be this kind of neighborhood of focus, you know, like don't have outside conversations at the table uh, or don't uh, be looking at furry porn at the table, um, which is, <laughs> you know, I don't know how strict you want to be at this, uh, uh, but um, Kyle in, in general for you uh, has that, what are your experiences? I mean, I guess as someone with sort of like attention issues, mm -hmm. uh, I would I would give a bit of a bit of a, a counter argument uh, with with polite intent. Um, I'm very guilty of of talking too much and talking over people. But one thing that I, I feel like is a little bit easier on the computer is because there is this reduction in noticeable social cues and like seeing that I'm not you know, farting around on my phone or anything like that. Like I'm very much the type of person who like can focus on multiple things at the same time and has a hard time ignoring external stimulus, which in this case has kind of been pretty beneficial for me. Like if I'm running a game, I find it much easier with, you know, two computer monitors or like a windows 10, like split screen left, right to have my notes and then to have everybody's faces or whatever in the same direction because I don't have to like shuffle through things as much. I can, I can pay more attention. No one's going to feel like I'm not paying attention as long as I'm responding at the appropriate social cues. I've actually found that it's, it's a lot easier as long as you're still being respectful and aware of whatever the redefined social contract for your virtual table is going to be. I've actually found that it's uh, a bit of the opposite of, of your two's experience. Funny enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, certainly for me, I, I, it's pretty easy for me to focus on a game if I'm running it. Um, but I do have those issues when I'm a player in an online game. Um, it depends on what the game is, uh, to a degree, uh, and you know, who's running it and that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that it, 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 you know, it's a struggle. <laughs> the struggle is real. Uh, sure. but for me, I do know, like I try to, I tend to run different games. Uh, I'm more, there's certain kind, there's certain RPG scenarios. Yeah. Has yeah. To be totally different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's certain games, like, I don't know if I would run Lancer, uh, online until they yeah. give some like really good roll 20 support. I mean, maybe that would be the test. Can I roll fucking Lancer, uh, and it's ridiculous tactical combat online. Uh, that would be like the ultimate challenge, right? Um, but something that is more con like I try and have games that are more conversational focused, um, you know, games where you can talk to the bad guy, uh, talk to the villains and like interact with them other than just shooting them in the head or like using the ritual to banish them to, to the, uh, you know, the hell space or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Burke knowing. Oh, sorry. Nope. No, I'll shut up. Okay. No, go uh ahead, man. Oh, I was just going to add on that if you're cool with it. Um, definitely know the system that you want to play mm -hmm. and that your group wants to play. Because right now we have two 
campaigns on our stream. One's run by Cat, and one is run by Lauren. And Lauren doesn't like combat, but we've been playing Savage Worlds, which is kind of a combat simulator. So she's been taking this as an opportunity to say, all right, well, fuck the virtual tabletop. Like, let's just redesign all combat into being more freeform. And Cat's game is Monster of the Week, which has no table elements. So it's much easier to adapt to a virtual space. Know your system and know your group. Have that conversation well in advance, I think, would be a big piece of advice I would give. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, Burke, uh, any other thoughts on that? No, sorry. I was just going to say that I really, um, appreciate Kyle's point about being able to focus on the game more if you have mm-hmm. kind of more tools in front of you. Um, and I should really have differentiated between that, which I do actually agree with. Um, when playing and listening, uh, it's easier to have just like a Google docs open than typing in like NPC name and what happened mm-hmm. and, and staying focused that way. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I was more referring, I think, to, like, extra game. Oh, so like playing Minecraft or something. So I've been in game where I can just... We're all interconnected. I'm there, too. I can just see people having, like, huge, unrelated conversations across multiple discords. And then just being like, oh, sorry, what's happening? What am I rolling? Like, mm. Yeah, no, that ain't it. That ain't it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll, I, might, I might be reading something on the side, but I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. yeah. Uh that yeah, that's a that's a good point. Like if they're if they're they're constantly asking what's going on, that's uh that's uh so that you should probably have a conversation um at that point. If if it I mean if that it, it depends on like how the table feels. If everybody's doing that, then you know, that's that group's social contract. Uh but I mean for me, if I I'll check my Twitter notifications usually if like, ooh, somebody messaged me, somebody added me, uh or liked one of my tweets. Ah, uh, thank you, Toby. Little clout chaser. Yeah, basically. Hey, man, uh, I gotta play that game. Uh, you know, gotta be a micro influencer, whatever the fuck they're called now. Uh, oh shit! Is there a new word that I'm not aware? Of? I know. Well, I saw micro influencer. That's the last. You know, like because there's Instagram influencers, but those are people like a hundred thousand followers or whatever. There's micro influencers. Thing. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you doubted me. Look, this is the shit I need to know for star streamers. I'm okay. going to be reading all about this today. Oh God. Okay. I, yeah. I am now a nano influencer. Nano influencer. That's it. Yeah. No. <laughs> today you learned that and you can't unlearn that. Uh, so yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, a system actually matters a lot for online games um, because, because there's a couple issues, not just the running the game too, but there's also character creation. Uh, and whether you want to do pre-gen characters, because it's I think like it's one thing I know as a GM is I do not want to make pre-gen characters for any game uh, and have to like create a to the point where they're a file that I can send to the players that they can look at. If I have to generate characters from scratch, we're just not running that system. Um, so I tend to go towards systems where one, there's either pre-gens already made or two online character generator tools. So games like Zweihander, Call of Cthulhu, uh, Trail of Cthulhu, um, those kind of games have online character tools. So like you could like here, make your own character or here's a huge stack of or Delta Green. Here's a thousand Delta Green agents. Pick one. Tell me what page number it's on so I can look up their stats, too. All right. That's your character. All right. Great. Let's move on. Uh, let's see how these FBI agents fucking get eaten by Shagas for the eighth time or whatever. Um to be cynical. So yeah, I don't know. Um, does that come into either of your considerations? 
Uh, I mean, I will be more likely to play in a game if they're pre-gens. Um, oh, sure. Especially on short notice, because so many games now feel like con games, are almost like pickup games, mm-hmm. where it's just, hey, I need some people. Like, we played Zyhander. It was pretty short notice. Yeah. I'm going to run Zyhander this weekend. Okay. Um, which is great, because I love in, like, Zyhander and uh, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay that you can just totally just completely generate a character. You don't have to think about it at all. You just sit and roll for 10 minutes and just see what you come out with on the other side. And that's actually mm-hmm. pretty fun. Hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, yeah, the Zoyander tools and like the fact that even without the tools that there's random character creation, like I would actually like Eclipse Face second edition is actually in that category now because it's so easy to make a character uh, that I don't feel like you could And there's pregens available. So it has both like easy character creation and pregen. So like if I wanted to run Eclipse Face, I'd be like, yeah. I'm I'm fine with with that ask. I'm gonna run a game. I I'm comfortable with the player having to do some work, which is to make a fucking character or have one or at least choose a pregen. Um, so powered by the apocalypse games are also excellent because it's literally just a checklist. Uh, you know, pick this, this, or that. It's a menu, and you're done for that playbook, right? Um, Kyle, do you have any? Uh, uh, does that? Uh, co- yeah. I mean, yeah, that sort of lines up with with some of how I like playing. Like if it's a new system, I am much more comfortable if I either have a pre-gen or someone to hold my hand through character creation. But if it's a system, I know I'm a character creation slot and I, I will make a character within like five to 10 minutes if at all possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So like, uh, I've been looking at the new RPG that came out on PDF, um, heart, uh, which is from the people who did the spire RPG and uh heart is it has its own system and it's it's a new system to me so uh but there's an a pre-made adventure with pre-made characters in it so i'm like "Mm, maybe i'm okay with the players learning the new system uh because they'll at least have pregens but like um i would if i was i would not ask players at this point to make characters in a system they've never played in um, for an adventure that I'm going to run like that. That's, that's quite a bit to ask, especially most of these people are only going to have the PDF. They're not going to have the book available. Um, yeah. So, uh, system matters. And then of course, again, like I said, I'm not going to do a tactical combat scenario. Uh, I wouldn't do puzzles as much, uh, puzzles I think are harder to do online. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't think puzzles are a good game mechanic full stop. Okay. I think that I think that there are two types of puzzles and I think that the internet would only exacerbate frustrations with puzzles because there's either we solved it right away and the GM might be a little upset or we're never going to solve it. Fuck this puzzle. I hate you. GM. Okay. Um, I mean, also investigation mysteries to a degree are fit into puzzles technically. So, Yeah. <sighs> Okay. Okay. I that would be different. That's yeah. totally. F- yeah. Yeah. And I think mysteries um, interact with your character a little bit differently. Where you're, for some reason, people are fine with the idea that your character is not as you, the player, are not as good a detective as your character. Mm-hmm. Since you can make roles and like kind of get pieced together externally, right? Like kind of mm-hmm. helped along. But puzzles very rarely do that. Like they they very rarely let you interact with it like at a meta level as a, a player is like okay I as a player am not as good at solving puzzles as my eighteen intelligence wizard mm-hmm. um seems to be kind of left up to the player 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. Conversation outside of online gaming is like, sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you're my, my super, my brilliant wizard should be able to instantly solve this Sudoku puzzle that's been reskinned for a dungeon. Um, can I just roll to have my wizard solve it or I have to do the fucking Sudoku? Um, I mean, there's a level of bullshit like that is kind of like busy work (laughs) that the GM assigns the player. Um, but on the other hand, you have uh, uh, mysteries, which I mean, you know, who who done it, who who did the murder? Was it a shagath or was it a cultist or like how they do it, why they do it, that kind of thing, uh, which is sort of the heart of a a lot of scenario premises. So like, um, yeah, uh, that the, I, yeah, I would say that the mystery is different than the puzzle and is different than the combat. Like if we had to describe like four different styles of gameplay, mystery, puzzle, combat, and exploration, mm-hmm. I think that exploration and mystery are the most appropriate for the digital space because they have the most room for sort of free form interaction and like rule malleability to an extent, as long as you're running your mystery with like the gumshoe styled, like mandatory clues with, you know, auxiliary clues upon checks and things like that. That to me is when an online game will shine. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing is like, you want the players really engaged um and have a memorable game and so like those key moments where everything sort of clicks together uh or where it's at you know um but yeah that's again for me that's why i I try to make games that are more conversational in nature because like what is this but a conversation you know through the internet like how what else would really uh shine i mean um what kind of elements have stood out to you like what kind of scenes have really stood out for you for your online games recently uh, do you have any examples of uh, memorable uh, elements or encounters or scenes or anything like that? Well, uh, in Zweihander, fighting the manager, becoming a radical communist gnome. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was pretty fun. Um, yeah, that's our Shrine of the Lake scenario, which uh, will be out on RPPR soon uh, on early access the Wednesday of the uh, well probably by the time this is recorded, this will be out on the RPPR early access, uh, on the RPPR Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash RPPR. Uh, so, um, yeah, that was a pretty good character arc. I like that. Um, Kyle, any particular memorable moments, um, for online games recently? It's not necessarily a moment that arose from like, the game itself, but more it it arose from sort of the unique combination of online uh, aspects in which we had a player who was pretty skilled at art um, sort of doing live drawings with like a screen share on during the game to which like when things would be described, like, you know, he could draw what was happening. So that way everyone, you know, cause some people have different, uh, like strengths and weaknesses when it comes to visualizing images in their head, but but through this like live, actively commentable like shared screen art, 
it helped everyone get on the same page about like what a vista might look like or like what a person might look like. That to me was was one of the coolest and I don't want to say like revolutionary things because I'm sure plenty of people have been doing this forever. But to me, that stuck out as like really, really cool. Well, I mean, yeah, like that's that's a really cool idea too. like making use of uh, the what the advantages of the medium. Uh, now, we've been sort of talking about the disadvantages, but there are advantages, too. And so like uh, a screen share, uh, a live drawing uh, of what's going on is is phenomenal. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, because like theater of the mind is a thing, but everyone's theater of the mind is a little different. And so having some sort of visual reference really fucking helps. Uh, so. Um, yeah, there are advantages you can do like, uh, instead of handouts, you have websites and like PDFs or pictures that you can, you can share with players to give them. Uh, so like, that's how the mystery could shine is like, you give them the newspaper, uh, article and they can just read it all at the same time. And then, uh, or like rep- pull up Google maps, you know, Google earth to like, here's where, here's where you are. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. one thing that we've been working on, um, is is like metagame stuff in which has a very specific context in tabletop role playing games but bear with me it's like a game within a game mm-hmm. um that might incorporate like shared online slideshows that we can use but the one thing that has been really interesting to me because at BPB we really like to like combine and utilize what the medium is really good at and like sort of twist it as far as we can um we're looking at it's called twine i believe which is like an interactive storytelling Mm -hmm. medium which is kind of like a choose your own adventure game and we've been working on ways to use that in a way that simulates like a computer hack or like an aol chat room or something like that like ways that we can utilize that in a game to have a scripted interactive puzzle that isn't necessarily a puzzle. I know I was harping on puzzles before, but like exploring a way to create a whole new type of gameplay within the online role-playing game we're already playing. That's really cool. No, that's a, that's an amazing idea. Like using like, cause that, that, that's your clue you could just wrap all your clues or your evidence. Like the, the, remember the goal of a mystery adventure is not finding the clues. It's interpreting the clues. So like, yeah, if you had like, I mean, you could do that in a modern day adventure too. For example, the forensics report and just make it like a, uh, uh, a twine thing where people can go through different sections and pick up on different evidence by, oh, let's look at the chest. Okay, here's a, a, a the heart is highlighted. So select the heart and there's like, oh, a little bit of information about the heart. Uh, but yeah, having like a little chat bot to like, oh, here's the AI for the engineering section and it's damaged. So it's going to be a little glitchy. How, what are you going to do? Oh, it gives me this information, this information. Okay, well, well, that means this. And so we have to do X. So the cool yeah. thing about Twine to, I'm sorry if I'm talking too much, but the mm. cool thing about Twine to build off of that is within the game, you can put, so like staying with, let's use your, your forensic example. If we're using like a Call of Cthulhu or a Delta Green, you can put like, you get to the heart and and you begin to study its thing. Roll a medicine check. And then you will have right there a branching path that says pass or fail. And those reveal separate information. And it locks everything behind it because you've put in like a hard locking binary, I passed or I failed in this minigame. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, yeah, no, that's... Uh... Boy, that's a really cool idea. But I mean, that's time intensive, but like that. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for a set piece kind of thing. 
and I guess a lot of people do have more time now. Um, yeah. If you, do you have any of those uh, available for sharing or are those just kind of custom made for your own? Uh, they all super suck right now. Like they're yeah. not these, this is all in conceptual stages and mm-hmm. we're still sort of testing it to see how far, but like when we get one, yes, I will definitely send it your way. Cool. Cool. Um, Burke, uh, I mean, there's a lot of astronomy resources out on the internet. Uh, have you used any of them for your Star Trek game? Uh, no, because it's Star Trek. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, yeah. Got him. Fantasy. Yeah, no, fair, fair. Um, uh, but have you used any? Uh, have there been any interesting uh, clues or set pieces or anything with that uh, using the advantage of the internet and computers? Uh, no, not off the top of my head. That's actually interesting. Yeah. Um, I'd have to think about that a bit more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a really cool idea. Uh, if you want, but how about a call to action for, for (laughs) listeners? If you have some like cool ass ideas of way to integrate tabletop and like other digital services in your game in ways that like we couldn't even fathom, Mm -hmm. maybe tweeted us or post a comment or something because i would love to hear it yeah uh i mean i'll top of my head now i kind of want to make a soundboard and just like mlg uh air horn every time <gasps> someone oh. fucking crit fails or crit hits shit uh, that uh that actually ties into i have we we stream with uh slobs Streamlabs obs and one of the things that you can get running through it uh with the stream deck is uh this thing called voice mod which like changes your voice modulation it's like it's not, it's okay. It's not the best, but there's a lot of depth to it if you choose to make your own. But that I have been using, it comes with like a pre made like saw one. So we did like a really quick, goofy uh, character funnel where anytime I was talking as the person who had put them in this character funnel, I put the saw voice much later on. Nice. Uh, I like that. Uh, cool. Um, well, yeah, there's a, so there's a lot of thing about, um, there's a lot of resources out there for these online games. Uh, certainly if you have more questions, uh, and again, if you just want to play, you want to try out, Hey, we run literally three games a month on the RPPR Patreon. You can, you can join one and, uh, run by me or one of the other RPPR cast members, uh, to get, get your feet wet, uh, and ask questions about it. Uh, but yeah, this is sort of, if you've ever been curious about it, now is the time. Uh, there's also, if you're just, if you don't have a regular group, there's tons of online groups you could find, uh, ask around on various social media platforms or discord servers, uh, and again, RPPR community has one best power brigade, I'm sure has one. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's a, it's a brave new, it's a brave new frontier, right? That's that, that's the Star Trek scene, right? Something that's, like that. That's it. No, we're, I've we're never seen Star it. Trek. So. <laughs> Neither is Ross. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, when we get back, we'll have some, uh, shout outs. I'm Noah Carden. And I'm Aaron J. Shelton. We're the co-hosts of Thinking Too Hard About Anime. The show is an episode-by-episode deep dive into some of our favorite anime. We give you some history, some film critique and analysis, and overall, we try to figure out what makes the series we cover so great. For our first season, we're covering Cowboy Bebop, and we are both gigantic fans of the series. I own an original 2001 Swordfish 2 and Faye and Spike figure. And I started smoking because of Spike. I don't anymore, but he was the impetus for it. So yeah, the show has deeply affected us, and we're very excited to talk about it. Come along with us as we think too hard. We're bi-monthly, with episodes coming out every other Thursday. You can listen on Anchor or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And we're back. Anyway, uh, we have some shout outs, though, because, you know, there's you got a lot of time. This, you know, media production might be shutting down around the world. Uh, we're going to run out of new movies, TV and video games pretty soon, it seems like. But, hey, that just means you have time to work on your backlog because everybody's got one of, you know, TV shows and movies and video games you've been meaning to play. All those games you bought on Steam real cheap and never played. Hey, it's time to. Time to break those out. Uh, so, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about some of the things we've been consuming uh, in our lockdown. So, uh, I'll go first um, with uh, a book I read uh, called "The Murderbot Diaries: Rogue Protocol." This is the third book in the uh, Murderbot uh, Diaries series, uh, sci-fi series about a uh, basically a robot with some meat parts. Think kind of RoboCop-ish. Uh, that gains freedom uh, from its AI governor controller and uh, is going on misadventures. Uh, this third book in the series, I've enjoyed the first two. They're quick reads. They're very fun. Murderbot is very relatable. It just wants to sit back and watch TV, but it has to, you know, also not get caught. Uh, so it has to keep, you know, and it has morals. It wants to find out about secrets. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, I quite enjoy it. Um so uh, that's my first one. Um, Kyle, you you had a, a YouTube video you really enjoyed. Oh, whoa. Uh, yeah. So I'm kind of a fan of the YouTube channel Super Eyepatch Wolf. He does these really interesting um, deep dives into specific topics. It's, it's usually like anime or nerd shit adjacent. And um, what I really like about them is that they don't have like an attitude of like punching down. They're, they're not mocking in any way, which I say specifically to preface that I just watched his very recent video on uh, it's called the bizarre modern reality of Sonic the Hedgehog. And it talks all about like the, the warping and memification of good old Sonic. And it does it in a really interesting, engaging and not like belittling way, which I really appreciate because it's so easy for, for media to like get lost in, in sarcasm or like condescension. I, I really, really, really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really liked his thing on uh, fake martial arts, which is uh... oh, it's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. Real no. good. Yeah. Real good. Um, Burke, uh, do you have any? Yeah, I have a couple. Um, so starting with with books, I recently re- finished reading um, In Praise of Shadows by Junichiro Tanizaki, mm-hmm. which is a book written in the 30s on sort of Japanese aesthetics, but a wide range of like niche aesthetics and not just architecture, but food and culture and cosmetics and, and all this stuff. Um, sort of by someone who was kind of being thrust into japan's pull into modernity in mm-hmm. the 30s so it's a interesting collection of essays well oh. kind of contrasting those cool changes. cool i, I kind of want to uh read that too um i'm currently working on a reading a novel uh called the sundown motel which is about a haunted motel uh but I'm, i haven't finished it yet so i'll we'll, we'll review that for the next episode uh but it's very on brand for me so far um but my next shout out is for a video game that uh, actually burke and i have been playing called hunt showdown i can't believe i haven't mentioned it yet on the podcast um hunt showdown is a multiplayer co-op slash pvp game uh where you're in louisiana in 1905 
in a monster infested bayou and uh, you got to go kill a boss monster and take a bounty token off of it and try to escape. The problem is there's a random number of players who also spawn in with you and you can be play solo with in duos or trios, but everybody else is a rival hunter who will kill you to get the bounty token. Um, so you, uh, yeah, there's monsters in there uh, and they're dangerous, but the real danger is of course, other players. And uh, it's a, good game there's there's some interesting level up mechanics to it um and it's uh quite fun to play with friends uh it's not a game i would play by myself but um it's uh the weapons are interesting they're all like revolvers and bolt action rifles there's only one semi-automatic rifle in it a couple semi-automatic pistols so they're they're uh, uh and you're also in a swamp so uh visibility is a thing uh sound is actually really important to figure out whether other players are um it's it's a good game to have play with friends because you're all gonna get fucking murdered by uh, uh better players but you're all occasionally you get the drop on them and uh when you it's very thrilling when you actually grab a bounty token you have to get the fuck out oh god everyone's trying to murder me um i don't know burke any what are your thoughts on it <laughs> uh yeah it's a game that i generally i think broadly find frustrating mm-hmm. but when it does go your way kind of rejuvenate you yeah yeah actually pulling it off and escaping with the bounty token is uh quite thrilling and uh yeah i would if it i would god i would be so frustrated with that game if i was playing it by myself i was trying to level up and grind and gave a shit about it oof oof yeah that would be that would be tough um kyle do you have another uh shout out uh yes it's another uh horror adjacent (laughs) game uh it's excuse me, Song of Horror. It's called Song of Horror. And it is an episodic uh, game that you can get on Steam. It's uh, 3D. And the best way that I can describe it is that it's a very intense atmospheric game with uh, like permadeath modes for certain characters. And what, what sold me on it and and I don't I here's the thing I don't want to go too too in depth into the game because like it's you just have to experience it. There's a lot of like auditory things that occur. But what sold me on it was my friend was telling me the story about how he was playing this one character who, uh, because of some things that happened, got the bad end in his storyline and died and was sort of consumed by like the dark entity that's prevalent throughout the entire game. But then while he was playing a game with a different character like down the road the the character who had died sort of came around a corner as he was investigating a sound and shot the active character dead and i was like the way he explained it was so so good and i i just i cannot recommend this one enough and it's like the first episode i think is like eight bucks on steam and the the season pass for all the DLC is not terribly expensive. If you have a chance, definitely check it out. Cause it's really good. Cool. Um, I will certainly put it on my steam list, uh, wish list. I am waiting right now for XCOM chimera squad, which is releasing uh, in a couple days. So, uh, I'll have a review of that in the next episode. But, uh, after I'm done with chimera squad, I'll probably give that a shot. Um, so, uh, Burke, do you have a, another shout out? Sure. So one thing that people might be concerned about is the ability to find a gaming group or Mm -hmm. people to play with. 
So this is sort of a double shout out, but they're related is there's a handful of systems now that support either solo or one on one play. Mm-hmm. Um, so those would be uh, Iron Sworn RPG, which is totally free. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has all the rules for like GMless solo play, or if you just want to play with one other friend, you know, maybe a roommate or a spouse or a significant other of some sort, um, or you can't form a big group. And then the other one is Pelagrane released a version of Gumshoe that's designed for one-on-one play. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of those might be good tools now for maybe can't find. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, if you, you just have, yeah, like smaller groups like that, that's a, um, certainly a valid approach to it. Uh, it's one I want to try out at some point. Um, definitely uh like i have cthulhu confidential which i think is their 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 hard book version of cthulhu one-on-one or at least they're one of their takes on it so that's right yeah uh i'm real interested in that so um i my next shout out is actually another is another horror game uh called world of horror uh which is a pixel art horror investigation game that's kind of turn-based uh it's set in japan in the 80s it's very 80s uh, it looks like it was designed on a Macintosh uh, from the 80s. Uh, I quite like it. Uh, and it's got a very Junji Ito vibe to it. And uh, it's it's got some weird... It's The game mechanics are pretty unique, actually. It's... Um, well, I would say 100% unique, but it's it's unusual. Like, it's turn-based. You go to different locations. You have to spend time to do resources. It it It's... I don't know. I like it. Um, and the, it's like roguelike. Yeah. 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 Joy. Mm-hmm. That's a good way of putting it. Um, and like, it's not like one overarching story. There's like, uh, it's different mysteries and you have to do, you can, you can solve them pretty quickly. Uh, so you don't have to spend hours and hours and hours to grind out a thing. Um, but yeah, uh, I quite enjoy it. So, uh, Kyle, uh, uh, do you have any others? I can't say that I do, no. Okay. Uh, Burke? Uh, one last one. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a, a book, and mm-hmm. it's related to Night Clerk Radio, is Ghost of My Life by Mark Fisher. Oh, yeah. It's a collection of sort of essays and writings on, on the idea of, like, hauntology and mm-hmm. kind of, like, how we've been robbed of, of certain promises of the future by... Yeah, I've read a part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Research for uh, haunt- our hauntology episode, which we need to mm-hmm. record at some point. Um, yeah, I have been. Uh, I need to after I finish the Sundown Motel, I'll go back and finish uh, Ghost of My pa- Ghost of My Life. Uh, it's quite good. Uh, my final shout out is a movie on Netflix uh, that Maddie recommended to me, and we watched together because she'd seen it like three times, and I run it, re- rewatch it myself. Uh, it's called Circle, not the Circle, just Circle. Uh, it's from 2015 sci-fi movie. Uh, the basic premise is that 50 people wake up and they're in a circle. Each one's in a little like, uh, and they, 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 they're, they're, they're trapped. And if they leave, if they, they have to remain standing, if they leave, they're killed. If they leave their little spot, they're killed. Uh, but every, they quickly find out that, uh, one by one, they're all like dying. Every one of them is dying every few minutes and they have to figure out what's going on and why, and like, what are they going to do about it? And it's 50 people in this movie. They have 50 people and they're all like unknowns, except for like one actress who was in Dex, a couple episodes of Dexter or something. Uh, but it's 
it's very for a very very and the entire movie takes place in this one room uh but for a very basic premise it's very compelling and you're like oh oh ooh, ooh, i want that person to die no don't oh that person died oh no i'm sad uh so and there's some twists and turns and uh yeah no i i uh quite quite enjoy it and it's only an, it's like a 90 minute movie so uh yeah it's it's a it's a fun little indie sci-fi movie on netflix so um uh, fun for you know <laughs> a lot of people getting killed by weird forces um so yeah uh those are some things to check out uh and again, if you have any questions or comments about our episode, please tweet at us, leave a comment on our uh, website, or, you know, we have a Facebook group. Um, and, you know, we already gave the antidote, you know, uh, we have a Zweihander game coming up where uh, Burke's gnome is uh, lured into the the, the uh, thralls of communal life by druids. But for how long? Uh, you'll have to listen to the game to find out. Um any other uh, last minute? Uh, Kyle, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, if you want to get at us, you can find us on Twitter at BPB Games, Facebook.com slash BPB Games, Twitch.tv slash Best Pal Brigade. Um, money's tight for everybody right now, so I'm not super comfortable plugging our Patreon. But if it's less tight for you, Patreon.com slash BPB Games. Uh, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Hope to hear. Okay. Uh, Burke, where can people, uh, if they have Vaporwave questions uh, or Star Trek uh, comments, uh, <laughs> where sure. can people uh, reach out to you? So totally um, through Nightclerk Radio or just at Burke Bergenson on Twitter. I'm sure we also put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's basically the main place. Or just I'm around all of these community discords. So always yeah. feel free to message. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, yeah. Uh, I'm at Ross Payton on Twitter, uh, message me on any of the RPPR, uh, platforms or, uh, join our Patreon and, uh, get on our discord, uh, find your own online games. Um, but yeah, everyone's out there. Stay safe. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, for those of who are, who are patrons, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, keeping a roof over my head. So thank you, uh, uh, for, uh, supporting RPPR in these times. And, uh, we'll talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.